Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. G'day. This is Better Than Yesterday. Thanks for being a part of the show. This is a podcast here to make your day-to-day better than yesterday, making it better through having conversations with people since 2013. Yeah. Since 2013, we've been here having chats on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with people from all over the world, some of them the best at what they do, and every conversation will leave you with the feeling of, yeah, you know what, today, bit better than it was, bit better than it was, and that's it, because you'll hear something. I love having these conversations. But here's the thing, Mondays and Wednesdays, I have a conversation with a guest, and Fridays, it's me and you. I'm Osher Ginsberg. I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV host. I'm a, what else am I today? I'm someone who's probably, I'm sitting in a dark room because they're doing work on the power lines near our in our suburb, I don't know what's going on, but we got a note saying, we're going to shut it down. And um, so, yeah, this is why it sounds a little different today because I'm recording this on a phone. But um, I didn't want to leave you without a podcast on a Friday. i got to say, last Friday's podcast, remember, I talked all about resentment last week and I got a heap of emails. Send Osher email at gmail.com. That is my email address. It's so lovely to hear from you and so lovely to see what it is you're looking at when you listen to the show. So take a photo, whatever you're looking at right now, take a photo, send it to me. Send us your email at gmail.com. Got some fantastic emails and two kind of really stuck out. One person wrote in talking about letting go of resentment and asked, what if resentment is justified? For example, I have a favoritism and a clique at my work and that results in inequality of opportunity for me. If my resentment is justified, then isn't it important I use that resentment to speak out and call that poor behavior rather than let it go? Long-time listener, first-time emailer, thank you for being inspired enough to email. There's one more that I want to get to, and then I'll kind of talk about that question there. Uh, This one comes from, and I love this one, because it's someone's written from the Netherlands, which I love. If you know my story, I've a lot of, I very nearly moved to the Netherlands. This person was very happy to hear about, read my book, read my book and was very happy to hear about uh, my connection to their little lowlands. <laughs> it's very, 
nice you speak about your incredible country like that. And they write that, I've had some emotional trauma growing up and often put myself in harm's way to try and cope. And victimhood is sometimes such a comfy place to be. It's taken quite a lot of work, including facing my ego all the time, telling me that I'm different, more important, misunderstood, etc. Hearing you talk about tackling your own ego and making fun of it is really helpful. I'm really grateful that you read the book and yet can I relate? I have I have to make fun of my ego because it's re- preposterous and ridiculous in it and sometimes has me act in ways that are not really in alignment with the values that me speaking to you right now is, but when I'm in a flood situation, I fuck all that goes out the window. But look, thank you so much for writing. Uh, send us your email at gmail.com. Can I relate to both those situations? Can I relate to feeling justified about my resentment at work? And can I relate to victimhood being a comfy place to be? Absolutely. Do I sometimes feel comfy in that lower place of status that I've put myself in? Yep. Do I sometimes subconsciously engineer moments so that I perceive myself as a lower status and then use that status to act in ways that aren't in alignment with my values? I I do. Less these days, but I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does happen from time to time. I'm not saying that victims don't exist. It's important to, I guess, you know, address that. There's a big difference between being a victim and victimhood. Being a victim is when you legitimately experience harm or mistreatment or unfair circumstances that are beyond your control. A situation, I guess, where you're genuinely subjected to negative events or actions of others that cause you uh, pain or distress or some other kind of difficulty, I guess is a word you could use. They're very real, very real things. And it's important to acknowledge and very much validate the experiences of being a victim and the emotions that accompany this that situation. That's all very real. However, victimhood, I guess, is more the mindset or the perspective that people can adopt when they continually perceive themselves as a victim. Because that can often involve identifying very strongly with the role of a victim and seeing situations and seeing yourself in situations from a perspective of powerlessness or helplessness or constantly being subjected to negative circumstances, whether those circumstances are in fact real or not. And I know this for sure, victimhood mentality is a seductive place to be. It can, as I mentioned, it can lead people or people who operate from that place to essentially blame is the word, I guess, blame most, if not all, difficulties in a person's life, blame them on external factors. And uh, victimhood really, in my experience, victimhood has really left me almost completely unable to take responsibility for my own choices or my own actions that have led to the situation. I guess the big difference between the two as well is that being a victim is a very valid experience. It's often a temporary experience. Yet in certain situations, victimhood becomes, I guess, problematic when it 
it's an ongoing pattern of behaviour, you know. I know that when I'm in victimhood, the shittest part for me is that I don't grow. I don't move. I don't change. I just stand there in a puddle of poop and then just complain about how it stinks and my feet are getting wet as this stuff soaks through my shoes, but flatly refuse to take any step to get out of that puddle of poop, even though people are saying, dude, you're standing in, just take a step. When I'm in it, I don't want to, no, it's the worst. So what, what can happen if we constantly view ourselves as victims? Well, it can limit our ability to, you know, take control of a situation or make any changes at all. It, it can leave you feeling helpless or angry, frustrated, and you, you feel those three things along. You'll eventually get sick, physically sick, you know, you will. You know, it won't help your brain at all, it won't help the way you'd speak to others or how you are to be with, but you can be a punish to be around if you're there for too long. But yeah, you can actually get unwell, physically unwell. I'm not saying that pain and hardship don't exist. They absolutely do. But it's important to recognize that when your brain is working well, as a human, one of the things we get to do, one of the superpowers we have is we actually have the ability to change how we perceive a situation and we actually have the ability to, to I guess, rise above that when our brains are working well. So what can victimhood feel like as a, well, I guess, you know, as a teenager, you may relate to this. I often, I often felt like a victim. I went through periods of believing that I was always being treated unfairly at home and especially at school. At those moments, I'd perceive myself as the target of criticism, even if it wasn't there, or I'd take things as critical, even if they weren't. I'd see others, I'd react as if they'd blamed me for something, even though they hadn't. I saw myself as restricted, as in like, oh, I'm never allowed to do that. Nobody had said I'm not allowed to do that. I had decided that and therefore wouldn't do it and go, see? Like I invented the rule that was stopping me from doing something and then got upset at the rule for existing. Yeah, I know, right? I wish I could say I grew out of that. <laughs> it took me a, a while to even become aware of it. I've I've been a victim in a relationship. Like I've I have played the victim role or been in victimhood in a relationship, I constantly see myself as that, as my particular person that I spent time with. I'd, 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 rather than take responsibility for my choices, I'd, I'd spin it to see the, the woman that I was with as being manipulative or something like that. It was always her fault. You know, I used that to, to not speak up and then therefore my feelings got even more justified because then the behaviour wouldn't stop because I hadn't said anything. Yeah, I know, right? Makes sense at the time. <laughs> and at work, by goodness, that first email, I can absolutely relate. I would fully believe that I was being deliberately and constantly overlooked for opportunities. Like, how dare that person host the Arias and not me? How come that person's hosting the Logies and not me? Oh, I can't believe that person's doing that radio show and not me. <laughs> now, at the time... I took no responsibility at all for why the other person who got that job was a better idea to hire than me. I just locked into powerlessness, low self-esteem and just resentment at everyone and everything that I wasn't doing those jobs. So it's not a fun place to be. I don't know if you can relate to any of those situations, but what's the way out of being in a space like that? How can you go from 
playing a victim to being a victor. It's only two letters, but it's pretty fun. Well, for me, it's it's acceptance and action. That's it. Acceptance is, you know, taking responsibility. Got to accept that. Fuck, you know what? I have been this, you know, in the work thing, for example, like I am not reliable. I'm not reliable. I, I'm a punish sometimes. Of course people don't want to work with me, you know. It starts with being self-aware, essentially, f- feeling it in, in my body, understanding my emotions, my reactions. You know, we're pretty simple creatures. We have thought patterns that repeat. Identifying those thought patterns, identifying how you can process things automatically without understanding it and then realizing that and then try to slow things down a little bit. Breathing helps there. Recognize when you might be slipping into that victim mindset. If you're starting resentment or justification or fucking rah, like just challenge those thoughts. The work one, I, I found two words, and I wrote about this in the book actually, two words really helped me. Of course. Like, of course they hired that person to host the Lokis. They're fucking funny. And they have proven time and again that they are hilarious. They get up, they get there, they do the job, and they make people laugh. I haven't yet shown that to the people that hired that person. What's my role there? Of course they've done that because they don't know that. I mean, at the time, I don't really think I was capable of doing things. I couldn't reckon I could host that show now. But at the time, no fucking way. But I, had to, I have to take responsibility for that, you know. The person that hired the other person to host the show doesn't know that I could have done it. Or maybe they looked and went, nah, he can't do it. But I didn't want to accept that I couldn't do it. (laughs) What about me as a teenager? If I could speak to me as a teenager, not that I would listen, uh, (laughs) I'd try to say, listen, buddy, you know, disagreements and conflict are a part of high school. That is just how it is. It's a part of family dynamics. It's just how it is. You can accept that. That's a part of it, and you can use that as a way to shape your experience of being a teenager rather than be flayed by it, you know. Other people in your life are going to be assholes sometimes. That is that is life, unfortunately. I'm probably an asshole to someone as far as they're concerned. It's going to happen. But if I don't do a thing because a guy at school I have no respect for says, oh, you fucking do You're going to go fucking sing in the musical, are you fucker? And I don't do that then I don't get to do the thing I want. That person doesn't give a fuck, but now I'm getting my behavior controlled by someone I don't care about. Like what? That's not good. It doesn't mean anything to them in the end. What about younger me? Uh, Younger me, like I'm nearly 50, so younger me could have been five years ago. That particular girlfriend that I was telling you about, it was after I was divorced and before I met Audrey. I'd tell that confused fellow, You actually have the power to shape your own happiness, mate. If you openly communicate what you need and what you're concerned about, that is something called boundaries. And uh, you can learn what healthy boundaries are. You can learn how to hold them and still, you know, really care about someone, but also knowing that caring about them means there's a sort of like behavior or circumstance that you won't allow to happen for the good of both of you. Build respect for each other, like take that, you got to get rid of that resentment, man. You got to have respect for this person. I mean, you know, she's deciding to sleep with you. You should have some respect for that. But most of all, mate, you should take responsibility for your choices and your responsibility starts with you are choosing to be with this person. Boom. Now that, that one's a hard, that was a hard one for me to get to. 
And look, as I said, you know, with the work one, yeah, when all the work dried up, I had I was kind of forced to take responsibility about why I wasn't getting hired. But thankfully, I got sober, and then I got about, you know, making sure that my skill set was constantly updated, trying to be as good as I could as new things and getting better at everything else as much as I possibly could and trying to add way more bits to my Swiss Army knife of what it is to do my job and get about going to work in a more positive way and try to be there for others rather than myself. And fuck, what do you know? Things started to change. Yeah, they did. And this is, you know, I did all that while I was unemployed because I'm like, well, I've got to change something. And it, at least it gave me something to do. And certainly when I've been in jobs that I've found have been a mismatch, when there is that, I've been in jobs, workplaces where there's been a click, where there's been, you know, favourites, favouritism, nepotism, when there's been a mismatch essentially between me and the workplace, I have learned the truth that not every workplace is for everyone and that is okay. And if after a bit of effort and adjustment from all involved, still my values and the values of my workplace don't align, then just trust, you know what, they'll probably be better without me. I am probably holding them back. And who am I to do that? I'll probably be better somewhere else because I know there's other people like me and other workplaces where I might fit in a lot better. And also to trust that I will find somewhere else. It's scary as shit. Don't get me wrong. But way healthier than gritting my teeth and seething with resentment all day and hating that I'm going to work because what happens is you end up doing a shit job, being a fuckhead in meetings, and eventually, you you know, in my experience, you get fucking fired and then your reputation's fucked and you're the only one that loses. <laughs> it's been my experience. Um, and it, it comes down, as I said, it comes down to acceptance and action, like most things, really. Acceptance that the situation exists and knowing that the only way to change things is to change things. And nobody's going to change them for me. Nobody's going to take the step out of the puddle of poop except me. I'm the only one that can do it. Because it is in action, being in action, with that comes empowerment. With that comes self-esteem. And to be honest, a great amount of relief that accompanies a, I guess, a renewed sense of agency. Because when I'm not in action, then I'm powerless. And if I'm powerless, it's terrible. It's a slippery slope. But just being in the smallest amount of action, that starts to get rid of that sense of powerlessness. And once you get those, you know, one step, two steps, three steps, a few more steps of action, once the powerlessness feeling starts to dissipate and starts to go away, it's, oh my God, it's amazing. It's like the sun comes out on a cloudy day. And you can see things way better. Now, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's not easy because, boy, victimhood, as was mentioned in the email from the Netherlands earlier, victimhood is a comfy, comfy place. And victimhood has been my very cozy but very scratchy, warm sweater for years at a time. And getting out of that space, it takes work. But far out, man, is it worth it? I can promise you that it is worth it. And by just even listening to this and considering it, you are already ahead of the game because I was never taught any of this stuff when I was a kid, never. And I wish this sort of thing was spoken about more, but I had to go through all kinds of horrible stuff and, you know, 
cause pain to people I was in relationships and people I work with that fucking lose a ton of stupid investment money. Like just just being an idiot, you know. I lost. I fucking paid dearly to be able to learn the things that I've just told you. So let me give you this one. I paid for it. I want you to have it for free. <laughs> it's worth the work. Please take what I've told you and think about it. Uh, like I said, you're already ahead of the game because if you've gotten this far, then you actually have been thinking about it. Thank you very much for listening. I really hope that was of some amount of help to the people that did email me. I hope that made you feel that, you know, I, I read and I read all the emails. So please do email me, sendosheremail at gmail.com. Take a photo of what, what you're looking at right now, wherever you are in the world. I always love to see what you're looking at. It's mostly laundry. And I love that. I love that I'm helping people do laundry because that's what I listen to when I'm doing laundry or picking up dog poo. I listen to podcasts. I love it. Professor Huberman and I are excellent dog poop picker-uppers, I'll tell you that. Send us your email at gmail.com. Thank you very much to Andy Ma on audio and video post-production for the show. Thank you very much to Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of everything. There are full episodes on YouTube. Just go find Osher Ginsburg on YouTube and I'm there. And um, thanks for listening, you goddamn legends. Toe made all the music. Don't forget that. I miss you, Toe Have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you Monday. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>